Nehemiah chapter 4 is where we're going tonight. Stay right here with us. Boy, that is my prayer. Not just on Sunday. Stay right here with us. Stay right here with us. He abides. Boy, that'd take me way back further than I could pull up right off the bat, but we used to sing, He abides. <laughs> and He does. He abides. We're going to turn to Nehemiah chapter 4. Spirit of God just spoke to my heart with this chapter just this afternoon because I just had so, I don't know you know, but I have questions sometimes, just like everybody else. Had such, I just don't, I can just tell you, I have such a burden for our children and for this church, for this region. I just began to realize, I mean, I know, but sometimes it just becomes reality. What is the deal? I say, Lord, so I just say that. I don't know how y'all talk to God, but I just say, hey, God, what's the deal? <laughs> Such a burden. talking to Sister Tennyson a, a week or so ago and talking about some things that just seeking some advice and I said the message has been so hard lately and we were kind of laughing about some things not that the message had been hard that, that things she'd heard over the years said one time a young preacher called Brother Tennyson and said Brother Tennyson I'll tell you I skinned the sheep today Brother Tennyson said well how many do you have son he said, about 14. He said, well, with 14 sheep, let me tell you something. He said, why don't you try shearing them real close? He said, you can only skin them once, <laughs> but you can shear them over and over. He said, maybe you ought to try shearing them instead of skinning them. <laughs> I, it feels that way sometimes. I, I was listening to Brother Clinton, and y'all ever heard of him? <laughs> I thought, that's why we have steel chairs. I was listening to him preach another day, and he said, he's talking about a meeting he preached back in the early 60s. He said, man, he said, it was such a burden. He said, and I preached. And he said, I preached until I thought I was going to splinter the pews. Said my wife even said, "When are you going to pour on the oil?" He said, "Not till I wound them." He said, "It'll just run off." He said, "But I was tired of myself." But he goes on to tell about when the victory came. Well, there's an old term. When the victory, the victory. There's a victory, and there's the victory. I remember when the victory came. I've had victory. 
Is there anybody in this room that even knows what I'm talking about? See, I've won some victories, but I remember when the victory came. Yeah. Because there comes a time whenever you've, you've punched through and you're just going to live it. You can still get dealt some hard blows in life, but through it all, Nehemiah chapter 4, when the, when the Lord began to deal with me today, this, he answered my questions with the word. It's amazing how he does that. You know that your questions are in the word. I'm going to read you just a short text and then we're going to read a minute. You know I like to do that. Found the best preacher is the word of God. Nehemiah chapter 4 Let's just read 13 and 14, then we're going to back up to verse 1, if that's okay. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 13 says, Therefore I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I look and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord. How great and awesome. Fight for your brethren. Your sons. Your daughters. And your wives. And your houses. I talked to the Lord about the burden. And I literally asked this question. I said, am I building a church or am I fighting a war? I don't know how y'all talk to God. Because here lately, some days it's hard to tell, am I building a church or am I fighting a war? Verse 16 says, so it was from, time, from that time on that half of the servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears and shields. Oh. And the bows and the whole, and armor, and the, and the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens, yeah, loaded themselves so that with one hand, they worked at construction, and with the other, they held a weapon. Wherever you hear the sound of the, it says with one hand, they, they, they worked construction. With one hand, they had a shield, and with the other, held a weapon. Verse 18 says, every one of the builders had a sword girded to, at his side as he built. And Nehemiah says, and the one who sounded the trumpet 
was beside me. We'll walk through verse 1 in a second, but I tell you, he answered the question just now. He said, fight for your families, for your sons, for your daughters, for your houses. Are we building a church or fighting a war? The answer, yes. The answer is yes. When Nehemiah was rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem, it was, it was, it was a trowel and masonry in one hand and a sword in the other. Building and prepared for battle. He says, the one that had the trumpet was beside me. What's the one that trumpet? He's the one that sounds the alarm. He's the one that makes the clarion call, that calls the people to fight. The answer is yes. Both. There's something to be built. And there's something to be fought for. And at the same time. And just the, the book before the prophet Ezra and Nehemiah had both come out of Babylonian captivity. They had survived and came home. Ezra began to rebuild the temple. And Nehemiah began to build the wall about Jerusalem. It was a called work. God called them to do it. It was a noble work. It was the right thing. They both had to be. Nehemiah said it. Never assume or presume that when God calls you to do something that it's going to be easy or that it's going to be without opposition. And in the climate we're in, don't be surprised when the opposition is from the brethren. I told you this morning at the end of service, you know that God talked about it. He said, I searched for a man to make up the hedge, to stand in the gap. He said, but I found none. Told you that the Isaiah talked about in Isaiah 58 about the fast that God blesses. It wasn't for personal gain. The fast that God blesses isn't for personal gain. It's to loose the bonds of wickedness. It's to break self off of self. When Nehemiah and Ezra come back from Babylon, Jerusalem was in ruins. I'll remind you as quickly as possible that the Babylonian captivity was two things. It was Israel's fault and it was God's plan. Do you know that? I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. That's Jeremiah. Everybody quotes it. 
Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, said the Lord. It's a plan to prosper you. It's a good plan, not an evil plan. And he's literally talking about because you have been so idolatrous and you've turned your back on me, on God, that he says, I'm going to, my plan is to send you into captivity for 70 years. There's a beginning to it. There's an end to it. And it was for, and it was for their salvation, not for their destruction. But when they get back, you want to talk about what revival can look like? For there to be revival, there had to have once been something. Even on Broadway, if there's a Broadway revival, that means that, that play, that show played for some span years ago, and some producer and some theater has brought it back, they've revived it. It used to be, and now they brought it back. Talk about revi- a revival is not a series of meetings. And revival is not for the world. Revival is not, what we're, it's not, it's, it's not evangelism. A, a revival is a preparation of the saints to bring them back to a place where they, where they can be used of God. When they got back, this is a picture of revival. This is a picture of what happens when somebody does something. Let me tell you, when you do something, there are going to be people, you're going to see there are people that gladly helped Nehemiah. But there were also plenty of people that wanted to ridicule and say it couldn't be done. There's plenty of people that said, It can't be done this way anymore. Do you really think there could be a church built on the power of prayer and the word of God and the moving of his spirit? I would ask you, if you do not believe that that's how it can still be done today, tell me, please, how else it can be done. And be sure you bring scripture with you. We've tried it all. We have tried it all. Nehemiah was called for a time. Ezra was called for a time. They were preserved in the captivity and they were appointed and called for a time for a specific place, a specific time, for a specific job. And Nehemiah now is beginning to build that wall. It was great that Ezra built the temple. It was God's desire that he rebuilds and repairs the temple. But it's also God's desire to protect God's people. And they began to rebuild. Now we're at verse chapter 4 verse 1 and, and they're begin, they have begun to rebuild. In fact, they're, uh, they're well into rebuilding. We can walk through chapter 3, but read it later. They, they, he said they built a thousand feet here from this point to this point, and they've hung the gates. It'll, it'll describe all of that. But verse, chapter 4, verse 1 says, but so it happened when Samballot heard that we were rebuilding the wall. Nehemiah is, built in, is written in first person, by the way. Nehemiah speaking. But so it happened when Simbalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall that he was furious and very indignant and he mocked the Jews. 
Let me tell you, one of the first things that happens whenever you begin to do, when you begin to do the work of the Lord, one of the first tactics of the enemy of your detractors will be to mock you. I keep in mind that Sam Ballot should have wanted the protection of those walls as well. He mocked the Jews and he spoke before his brethren and the armies at Samaria. And he, what, listen to, listen to, listen. Do you read with tone, attitude? If you don't, you should. What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they, will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? You know, I can almost hear, well, how cute is that? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? Oh, can I stop right there a second and just preach just for a minute to you? Is that okay? Because that is the voice of the religious mocking church world today that, is, that are agents of the enemy. Sam Ballin was an agent of the enemy. That they will tell you, do you really think you can bring it back? Do you really think God will do it again? Do you really think that you can pull down the strongholds and raise up the walls of protection again? That's the voices. But I really love this one. It says, will they, re there's that word, will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? Hear me. Because I want you to know something. I'll tell you the end first. That's exactly what they did. Will you again revive from the stones, from the trash pile, from the stones that are burned over? The answer, they were mocking. And the answer was yes. Because let me tell you, a hewn stone that they built temple and the walls and things with, they, they're stone for crying out loud. They're hewn to perfect fit. They're shoved over and they've been scorched, but they still are the building blocks for the wall. They still will fit into place. They still will raise up a standard. They still will keep, will, will keep an enemy out. They will still work. Church world, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. And we're not going to find it in a different place. Take the building blocks, the foundations, everything that has been hewn and built and paid for ahead of us that have been thrown down by religious compromise and by worldly domination that have been shoved over and go back to where we started and clean up the stones and separate the trash and start putting it back together because there's nothing wrong with the stones. Do you hear me? The prayer meeting 
will still work. If we don't pray, then we're just putting on a show. If we don't dig out this word and pray it through, then we are just making speeches. But prayer still works. The word is still solid. The Holy Spirit is still God. Jesus is still Lord. And he's still the conquering Savior. And listen to me. And the church, the body of Christ, is still his idea. The body of Christ is still the only mechanism, the only organism. The body of Christ is an organism. It is alive. It has a head. It has a body. It's us. The, the, the church is still God's plan for this time. Jesus showed us the way, empowered by the Spirit of God, walking in obedience to his Father, empowered by the Spirit. And he said, I'm going to go away. And when I go away, greater works than these shall you do. Who do you? The church. Yes, it is exactly his plan to rebuild the wall. Yes, it is exactly his plan for, the, for this world today. It's to take what always has, what was always his plan, and to put it back together. Come on, somebody hear me. They may mock it. They, they, in fact, there is no may about it. They are going to mock it. I hear people say, y'all still do that? Because down in Texas, they say y'all too. I was glad that y'all say y'all when I moved here. Y'all never understood a word I said. I was out in the foyer this morning, and I said something. I don't even remember what I said. And, and Allie said, what? And Brandon told her what I said, because, you know, he's, he understood every word. And, and I said, you act like you're from so far away. She said, you got that Arkansas thing going. And I said, Brandon just told you what I said. I said, but, of course, I've preached with an interpreter before. <laughs> Plenty of times. Y'all still doing Y'all still doing that. Oh, I can just hear. Can you stay with me? I can just hear. You know, we threw it back pretty old school tonight. Where could I go? Oh, where could I go? There's, there ain't, really? Yeah, really. It still speaks. I'm not talking about style. Don't you dare get caught up in style because we turn around and sing, I'm going to lift my hands till I'm ashamed. I'm going to. But the ridicule, you really believe you can still. Well, what you going to do? 
I'm just letting y'all listen in. I'm just preaching to me. Is that all right? I'm talking about the burden. And are we fighting or are we building? And the burden. Fight for your homes. Fight for your wives. Fight for your children. Fight and rebuild the wall. Fight and rebuild the wall. Fight and rebuild the wall. You know, Matt, me doing it a different way would be like David going to fight in Saul's armor. All I know I've had to live on. If God didn't come through, it wasn't going to happen. Nobody over here? ever had to live through if God didn't do it it wasn't going to happen it didn't matter what the latest Max Licato book said if God didn't do it it wasn't going to happen I've had to live through literally where am I going to eat and feed my family I've been there I said, I have went to town before with not a dime into my name and no prospects of having a dime. And wife, have two, Maze was little, Jamie was seven. Lisa said, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know. But I know that the word says, somebody hear me, I know that the word says, David said, I was young once, and now I'm old. And I said, if this came from my mouth, it wasn't pretense. Pretense wasn't going to feed my family. I'm young. I was young, but now I'm old. He said, yet I've never, somebody say never. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. God is my witness when I came and turned her off my street and the garage was on the back side and when my headlights hit the garage, my back porch was full of groceries. I had to fill the refrigerator and the pantry. And from that day to this one, I don't know who brought it and it doesn't matter. When God's all you have, somebody hear me. He'll be all you need. They'll ridicule their, their, our own fellowship. Not everybody. I'm not trying to paint a broad picture of everybody, but it's a, big, it's a, pretty, it's a pretty wide stroke. I get in trouble. I, it's okay. I can handle it. I, I've counted the cost. I've made the decision. On the wall, laying rock with one hand, sword girded to my leg. You want to be the trumpeter? The sounds of the alarm? I've heard all the decline talk from leadership. It seems as the God leadership finally admits that we're in steep decline. And telling us what we're going to do to fix it. I, I'm not coming to, I'm talking about building the wall. I'm talking about when you start to do it. I'm talking about when they're talking about 
How do we, we need to plant churches. We need to revive old churches. We're closing as many churches as we're opening right here in South Texas. That's what they're saying. And there's a place in a wide spot in the road in Mauriceville, Texas, that four years ago we should have been in bankruptcy. And four years later, it's in new facilities with five times more people, ten times more money. And growing week by week by week, and not one phone call. I'm not up here settling scores. Don't you hear me wrong? I'm talking about the reality. Of, and, and then when they start talking about that they're going, we're going to change some nomenclature in our bylaws. And we're going to redesign our district, our, our, our borders. And we're going, to, we're going to put a new authority over this, and we're going to put a new authority over that. And all this thing, I've never heard one time we're going to call a sacred assembly. I've never heard one time we're going to hit our face and we're going to pray. I've never heard one time, hey, ministers, would you, would you, get, would you take Tuesday and Wednesday and fast and lay before the Lord? I've never heard one time would you pray for a fresh outpouring of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've never heard one time and we wonder and then they want to ridicule because we might sing. Through it all I've learned to trust in Jesus. I'm not, don't you leave here thinking I'm settling scores with, with the assemblies of God. I have no desire to settle scores. I was born in it. I live in it. I stage on it. I'm just amazed that when God, when the places where God is moving and God is doing, that there's no interest in it. What are you going to build? What are they going to do? Listen, what you, they, they, it says, and now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him. That's some ballot. And he said, whatever they build, even if a fox goes up on it, he will break down the stone wall. Do you hear what they're saying? Do you, know what the, do you know what the purpose was? The ridicule, the making fun of? Do you know what the purpose is? It was to get them to stop. The purpose was so they would be belittled. And they'd be intimidated. That they would be embarrassed. And that they would quit. Do you hear me? <laughs> he says, hear, O God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own heads and give them as a plunder to the land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity. Do not set their sin. Do not let their sin be blotted out from before you, for they have provoked you to anger before the builders. So Nehemiah pray crazy stuff. Oh, people think you're mean if you pray crazy stuff. You know what he was praying? Expose them for what they are. Our detractors that are trying to stop us. Have you, you ever heard this preacher say, Lord, save them or kill them? <laughs> no, church leadership, you've heard me pray many, many times. Lord, raise up godly leadership with a backbone to stand on your word that will stand against the wind, that will stand against the tide, that will stand against the day. Either they stand up or bring them down. If they're corrupt, expose them. People think you're a radical. I'm going to tell you, hear me. That's a loose, that's a loose canon word. I, I've told you before, I'll tell you again. There ain't nothing going to happen spiritually in this world, this environment we're in until somebody decides they're radical. 
I'm not talking about blowing people's houses up. That's stupid stuff. I'm talking about that they sell out everything to God. I'm talking about when, when the prayer meeting becomes more important than Chicago Fire. I'm talking about whenever, whatever the price that God lays on your heart is worth paying. And I'm going to tell you, when you decide to pay the price, you're going to get the fight. Make no mistake, I don't want you to, to ever mistake that if you start paying the price for a move of God in your house, he said, first thing he said, fight for your family. Fight for your, kid, for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your house. Make no mistake, when you sell out to be a, to, to, that you're going to be an intercessor and pray until, when you're going to fast when called upon, when you're going to stand firmly on the Word of God, over and over and you're not going to wear you down they're not going to wear you out they're not going to move you i can assure you that the fight is coming make no mistake but you're going to have to decide ahead of time that you're in it to win it and that you're not going to quit because let me ask you what is your option what's your option I told you this morning, I, I'm going to say it again. I refuse. I refuse to go to heaven without my children. I refuse. They're, most of them, whether I guess technically they're all adults now. And they make up their own mind. They go their own way. You raise them right, they got to make a decision for God themselves. That's all true. But I'm going to tell you, if they, if, they, if they go to hell, it'll go to hell over every prayer I've prayed. They'll go to, if they miss God, it'll be over every meal that I fasted. If, if they miss it, it'll be over, over every time I've said, the word says. I'll ask you what I asked you this morning. If you don't fight for them, who's going to? Who is going to? If a fox runs on the wall, it'll fall down. You know what? I love this. Did you hear everything I just said? Sam Ballot came, the ridicule came. What are you going to build it with these burnover over stones? Oh, look, if they build that wall out of that, the foxes will run across it. And, the fox, uh, and they had all their ridicule, all their jeering coming against them. And I love this. Verse 6. So we built the wall. You're missing it. You know what it changed? The ridicule, the making fun of, the coming against, you know what it changed? Absolutely nothing. He knew what he was called to do and why he was there and what his purpose was. He wasn't there to build the temple. Ezra had that. You're not hearing me. He knew who he was and what he was there to do. And all the ridicule came and all that drama. He says, don't cover their iniquity. He said, God, expose them and blot them out if you have to. And he said, so we built the wall. Well, that's kind of just thrown in there. I, I like that better than you do. 
Let them do their thing. You know what I'm going to do? Build a church and fight for you. Build the church and build the wall. Build the church and build the wall. Let the wind blow. Let the hyenas howl. So we built the wall. And was joined together up to half its height for the people. Listen. Oh, by the way, this is you. For the people had a mind to work. You know what? Nehemiah didn't build it alone. He had people that were committed to the, to the, to the job. He had people that were committed to, to, to stand with, with a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. And we built the wall. Because the people were committed to work. Now it happened that Sambalad and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Amorites and the Ashadites and the Mosquitoites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored. And the gaps, here, and the gaps were being closed. The same enemies they heard. There is no doubt in my mind that the demons and strongholds that torment the golden triangle have heard that the gaps are being closed. He heard that the walls were being restored, that the gaps were being closed, and they became very angry. Are you hearing me? Hell doesn't give up because you start winning. They get stirred up. I told you, when you commit, it says, and the people had a mind to build the wall. When you commit, rest assured, they're going to be stirred up. Rest assured. They became very angry, and they all conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Where they were all spread out. Listen, they all, they all unified. And we're going to come against what they just built and attack it. And now it happened. Yes. And create, create great confusion. That's always his tactic, by the way. Ridicule. See, the first thing was ridicule. Now it's confusion. Let me remind you of something, that God is not the author of confusion. Nevertheless, <laughs> do you hear him? They came against us, going to create confusion. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to God. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Are you hearing what's going on? When they come at me with this, we stand up to it. And we, uh, we make provision for their attack not to work. Oh my goodness, I can't. You're right, I'll just quit, I'll just quit praying. Oh, I, I'm, not, I'm running into some trouble. They're ridiculing me. I, I, won't, I, I won't say that anymore. Nope. We kept praying and set watchmen to guard. Then Judah, with the strength of its labor, when the strength of its laborers were failing, because sometimes you get tired, and there was so much rubbish that they were not able to build the wall, 
And our adversaries said, they will neither know nor see anything till we come in their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. So it was when the Jews who dwelt near came that they, that they told us then 10 times from whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. They were, re they were relentless. Then it says, therefore, because they were relentless, this is what I read you earlier, therefore I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall and at the openings and set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. He called, you know what he did? He called the people to action. Because it was unrelenting. He didn't, he didn't tell them to go home. He says, get up here. We're going, to set people up. We're going to set people behind the wall to guard it. We're going to set people at the openings to guard it. He said, I want every family. I want you to come. If you, I want you to bring whatever you got. And I looked and there arose. I said, it didn't, Nehemiah didn't do it himself. Thank you, Matt. Nehemiah didn't do it himself. He says, all of you. And I looked and arose and sat there in the nobles, the leaders, and the rest of the people. Who? From the highest to the lowest. The rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome. Fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And it happened that when our enemies heard, and it was known of us that God had brought, had brought their plot to nothing, who did? God did. That all of us, somebody say all of us, returned to the wall, everyone to his work. Hear me. The attack should never stop the mission. The attack that's coming because it is, always, should never stop the mission. But the mission stopped long enough to defend the attack. Since then they went back to the wall, everyone to their place. I read you the part says, we labored with a trowel in one hand, a sword in the other. Verse 21 says, So we labored in the work, and half of the men held spears from daybreak until the stars appeared. Commitment. At the same time, I also said to the people, Let each and every man and his servant stay in the, at, at night in Jerusalem, and they will be our guard day and night at and a working party. They will be our guard by night and a working party by day. Neither I, my brethren, my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me took off their clothes except everyone took them off for washing. That's the easiest way to wash them is to take them off. Now I want to read you one more thing and then we're going to pray. There's a burden. I want you to, there's a burden for our families. A burden. You see, I grew up here, I grew up hearing those words. 
I grew up here, the preacher. I grew up here, here my mama. I, I grew up here and say, oh, I've got such a burden. And I always thought I understood, but now I think I understood more than I've ever understood in my life that there's a burden to see God move. There's a burden to save our households. There's a burden to fight off this ridiculing onslaught of hell that's trying to steal everything we have. See, they stood up to them at every turn and they never gave up. When the enemy changed his tactic, they met it with a plan. And then, like he always does, if he can't get you, if he, if he can't win by fighting you, that's the old saying, if you can't beat them, listen to what happens in chapter 6, then we're going to pray. This is the warning. You ready for it? Now it happened that when Samballad and Tobiah and Geshem the Arab, same crew, same crew, and the rest of our enemies, I need you to hear something. They never misunderstood who they were. Oh, that made me want to throw that down. They, they, we live in a world where, people, where the church world is afraid to stand up and, and declare that something is the enemy of the things of God. That's not very nice. They never misunderstood who they were. You should never misunderstand the opposition. Remember, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You should never, never, never lose sight of what they are. And the, now it happened that Sembalat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there was no breaks left in it, though it had at the time I had not hung the doors and the gates, that Sembalat and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come, let us meet together. Did you hear the change? Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. Oh, I've heard Brother Brankel preach about the say no to the plains of Ono. They're trying to get you on the plains of Ono. He says, Oh no, I'm not coming. What a preacher. Come and let us come together in the village of the plain of Ono. But they thought to do harm to me. See, now the walls are up and there's no breaks in it. They didn't try to walk in and try to get them to stop building. They didn't come in and try to destroy the city from within because they couldn't get in. All they had was they just needed to hang the doors. So now it was, oh, they, they did build the wall. And now it's, we will see if they want to have a meeting. We'll work. Hey, y'all, what, let's meet in a neutral area and let's work this thing out. Become a nice devil. But they sent this messenger four times, and I answered them in the same manner. Tried to wear him down. Did you? This is great stuff. Are you hearing me? This is great stuff. 
He is literally laying out, line upon line, how the enemy works against God's people. When he can't beat you, when he can't ridicule you into stopping, when he can't attack you and cause you to quit building, when he, when he can't defeat you with an attack, and when you accomplish getting the walls up, then he will try to, instead of trying to get in, he'll try to draw you out. Because I'm going to tell you, as long as you stay in, you're good. So he'll try to draw you out. He asked me, and he said he asked me four more times. And he didn't say on the third one that, well, we'll, we'll consider arbitration. We'll consider a mediator. You know what they would tell us today? You really should have a talk with them. <laughs> Probably should have gone have a prayer meeting with them. Well, there's one thing I learned today. If Goliath wouldn't have been today, we'd have prayed for him instead of killed him. <laughs> if Ziglag had been today, we would have went to try to, to get a settlement with him to get a percentage of our stuff back. Because see, when David prayed, God said, go, pursue, and recover all. I'm telling you, we'd prayed for him instead of killing him. If, been way with that, if, we, if things would have went the way it was today, the prodigal son would have never came to himself. Because we would have raised a support group to support him in the hog pen. It's true. Four times he said he came to me. He said, and I, see you have to read what Nehemiah says or you're going to miss it in its simplicity. Looking for something complicated. You're going to miss it in its simplicity. He said four times. He, and they sent me this message four times. And I answered them in the same manner. He didn't even repeat what his answer was. You ought to know. He said, no, I ain't coming. Then Sambalat sent a servant to me as before the fifth time. And with an open letter in his hand, and he reads the letter. I'm not going to read that. It says, then I sent to him saying in verse 8, no such things as you say are being done. But you, and, oh, maybe I should read that. Because you know what the next thing was? They'll start making up stuff on you. You fought the battle. You stood the ridicule. You kept building. You fought and built at the same time. You stood up against all of it. You got the wall built. Now he's trying to draw you out. Now you said it no. So now, from the outside, from the outside, from the outside, while you're in the inside because they couldn't draw you outside, they'll start making up crazy things about you saying, well, he said this, and he said that. Did you hear what he was preaching? Did you hear what he said? It's all, the whole thing's laid out. The whole thing's laid out. It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says, that you and the Jews plan to rebel. 
I hear you're getting a bunch of preachers together and all of you is going to come against the council. Not if you don't destroy the council. Oh, I'm sorry, that was parenthetical. That just happened out of my head, I'm sorry. Therefore, according to these rumors, you're rebuilding the wall that you may be king. Oh, now, now he's trying, now he's trying to cause, now he's trying to plant doubts in the, in the people. That Nehemiah did all this stuff just to set himself up. He didn't really care about y'all. He built that wall so he could be king. Questioning the motives, are you with me? And you have appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem. Oh, he even hired his own prophets. Now, there's lots of people hiring their own prophets. He built the wall so you can, he can be kings and y'all can serve him. He's even got prophets that are going to prophesy so y'all will believe it. He said, you, you, you appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem, saying, there is a king in Judah. Now, these are the matters that will be reported to the king. He says, I'm going to go tell on you. Because what he's saying is, when I go tell on you, they're going to bring their armies and they're going to get you. Are you with me still? So come, therefore, and let us counsel, consult together. Trying to get him out there again. Let's, I've heard all this, but if you'll come talk to us, we'll work it out and we won't have to go to the king. And he said, okay, I'll get my lawyer and we'll be there as soon as we can. He said, when I sent to him, I said, saying, no such thing as you say are being done, but you invent them in your own heart. For they are all trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work and it will not be done. Now, therefore, O oh God, strengthen my hands. I can't go any further tonight because we got to pray. I'm going to tell the king on you and all the people are going to turn on you because you're doing all this for yourself. Now come, we'll work it out. Ain't no such thing happening. Praying that, he said, they're trying to turn you so we'll quit. So what is, what is his answer? Oh God, strengthen my hands. There ain't no place to quit. Let them come. Let them talk. Let them ridicule. Let them mock. I'm talking, listen, I could be talking about anywhere. I could be talking about your work. I'm talking about that bunch of heathens that you work with when you start making a stand for what's right. Let them talk. God strengthen my hands. I'm talking about when you begin to gain ground. I'm talking about, it could be in your own family, it could be. I'm talking about the burden and how to, what, are we, are we building the church or fighting the war? Yes. Yes. The battle was won. The goal was accomplished by knowing who they were and what they were called to do and not being distracted by the naysayers and the liars and the accusers 
and the ones that were going to try to turn everybody against him. He, he didn't answer them with argument. He didn't answer them by 150 post Facebook discussion. He didn't answer them by calling a special business meeting at the church. He answered them by staying faithful to their, to their calling, staying true, willing to defend what belonged to them and that belonged to God, and willing to stand for their family, stand for their household, stand and to be able to be standing and engaging in the fight and not being drawn out. Let me say, don't, be, don't let them draw you out. Don't let, don't let this world draw you out into their arena. When God put a, put a wall of protection about you. Stay in place and stand for what's true. Pray that God will strengthen your hands. Stay true. And you know what? When they come against us, so we built the wall. So what do we do? We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep preaching. We're going to keep believing. We're going to keep having, being united. We're going to keep on, we are going to keep on keeping on against the tide. Let the outside world scream. Let the church world ridicule. But let God be true. And every man alive. Breakthrough, victory, the victory is coming. Stand with me all over this house.